On today's episode of the Dad Tired Podcast, I sit down with my bride, Layla, to talk about what it looks like to make decisions, big decisions as a family. I know a lot of you guys are dealing with that right now, and so we wanted to tackle that subject. Before we dive into that, I want to thank my friends over at Samaritan Ministries for sponsoring today's episode. Samaritan Ministries is a biblical solution to healthcare where hundreds of thousands of Christians across the nation bear one another's medical burdens through prayer and financial support. It's not insurance and there are no network restrictions, which means you choose the doctors, treatments, and hospitals that are right for you. Medical bills are sent to Samaritan Ministries and they notify members to pray and send money directly to you to help pay those bills. It's affordable with a sharing program that could fit your budget and you can join today. Samaritan Ministries is always there to help you choose a quality healthcare provider, to price medical procedures, and 24-7 access to medical professionals by phone or email to get medical advice before you visit the doctor, which is going to save you time and money. When you think about Samaritan Ministries, you think about the verse in Galatians 6-2, which says, bear one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ. If you'd like to learn more about this amazing community, you can go to SamaritanMinistries.org slash dadtired. Again, that's SamaritanMinistries.org dot org slash dad tired. Layla Lopes. Hey. <laughs> it's good to be back with you. You back with me. Yes, thank you. We back with each other. We're together. Here we again. are. Here you we are a fan favorite. Thank you. I don't know if we have any fans, but uh if we did <laughs> It's all be, me. You would be a favorite of the fans. Thank you. Yeah, super excited to have you here with us. We are going to be talking about what it looks like to make big decisions as a family. Yeah. And I know a lot of guys who are listening right now, a lot of families who are listening are in the middle of trying to make some big decisions. And so we just wanted to talk about how we do that as a couple and as a family. Obviously, uh, you know, we throw out this caveat quite a bit whenever we talk together, but we have, we, we don't know all the answers. We're stumbling our way forward mm-hmm. the best that we can, but just thought it'd be helpful for us to kind of tell you how we do it. And if there's anything in there that might be helpful for you, mm-hmm. we would love to pass that on. I did put together a little worksheet for you that you can download and just help you figure out like as a couple, some tools that, that might help keep the conversation going and just kind of give you a guide as you process some decision making. So if you want to use that, you can download that at some link that I haven't made up yet, but what should we call it? I was going to do decision dadtire.com forward slash decision. That's a hard word to spell for some, even, Oh, you know, what's crazy? No. Well, a lot of things are crazy. I make so many typos. Yeah, I know. So many. (laughs) I know. (laughs) And I don't think I'm a terrible speller but I do think I rush mm-hmm. and I'm just, I've been embarrassed by myself lately. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, you got to double many, check that stuff. No, I, I sent out an email to our dad tired list this week. And I mean, I looked over that thing a solid five times quickly. You didn't send it to me. I didn't. Cause you were doing something. Else. Oh, you were working. Mm-hmm. You were upstairs working on something. Yeah. And you can't wait. I can't. I'm so impatient. And what difference would it have made to wait till my break or something? Well, it would have been the difference of me spelling things right. Okay, here's, and I'm always sidetracked when you're on. I spelled the word are, like we are doing mm-hmm. something, and I spelled it our. Yeah. We are doing something. Mm-hmm. Nice. And I've done that same mistake two times in a row on our emails. <laughs> and then 
yesterday I posted on Instagram. and I Yeah, s- I saw that. That was a good one. Gust? Yeah, I said former gusts. Multiple times. But I didn't, that had to have been an autocorrect. Because huh? I mean, I clearly know how to spell guest. Mm-hmm. Clearly. <laughs> Where were we going with all this? I don't know. Oh, I, just, I don't think, I was saying I don't know how to decision, you know, I don't know. So how other to, people can't spell. Well, I'm sure a lot of people listening are great spellers, but decision is a weird one. I'm always like, is it an S here or a C? Is it a mm. C or an S? Can they just go to dadtired.com and Just search find around, it? just start poking around everywhere? I don't know. Layla has no idea how I've technology works. I've been to works. your website. <laughs> <laughs> I got back a couple of weeks ago from a speaking trip and she was like, you were the speaker? Like, <laughs> I didn't know you were like the speaker. Okay. I thought you were... Layla has no idea what's going on. I don't know what he does. I just show up on this podcast sometimes and he tells me people listen. Okay, let's worksheet. How about that? That's easy to spell. Dadtire.com forward slash worksheet. And then you can download a worksheet to make some better decisions. Before we jump into this conversation, though, I do want to thank my friends over at Backgate Prayers for sponsoring. Backgate Prayers has been a sponsor now for a few years. Mm -hmm. And they are one of my favorite companies. I absolutely love what they do. They create these prayer cards and they will add either if you do them for your kids, they'll put your kids names and there's 20 prayers displayed on 10 different cards. They're really beautiful. You can put mm-hmm, pictures. I love ours. Yeah, they're so great. You can put your pictures of your kids in the cards and then they'll customize them. So you'll put the name and then there's a picture on there and they'll use these Bible verses and then kind of tailor the prayers around these Bible verses. So you're praying biblical things. And these are, I'm telling you, always a huge hit with the dad tired audience. Mm-hmm. Guys will get these for their wife for mm-hmm. Christmas. Great gift, yeah. Yeah, they're such a good gift. They'll get them for your parent, the grandparents, you know, of the grandkids. They're, I mean, there's a million ways you can gift them, but they'll put these prayers, they're custom, they'll, they'll have the name of your child or the name. You can do one for like marriage. I can put Layla's, a picture of Layla and I, put her name, and then you just set them on your desk or, you, you know, where your work or around the house or whatever. And it's just a constant reminder. Like if you, every dad listening to this podcast, I imagine wants to be better at praying more and more intentional about praying for their kids and for their marriage. And so if that's you, which I imagine it is, you know, pick up a copy of these. They're such a good gift, but also just such a good reminder for you to just keep praying biblical Bible-based prayers over your kids and over your marriage. So Christmas coming up, they'll make a great Christmas gift, but you do need to get your order in by December 3rd in order for them to get shipped to you in time for Christmas. You can use the promo code DADTIRED, all one word, and they'll give you 10% off of those, which is going to be a great deal for you. The greatest tragedy of life is the prayers that go unanswered because they have gone unasked. Whoo! <laughs> You have not because you've asked not, you know, and so uh, we just need to be praying men. And so if that's you, you want to get good gifts and you also want to pray more for your family, go ahead and go to backgateprayers.com. Use the promo code DADTIRED. You'll get 10% off your order. All right, Layla, decisions. I was trying to think about this and think about what decisions. We've been married 12 years. We're coming up on 12 years. And we have in those 12 years, here's what I could come up with. We have quit jobs. Mm-hmm. Me. Yeah, you. (laughs) I've quit jobs without knowing what the next job is. Can we even count how many jobs I've had in our 12 years of marriage? I have not tried. I've done a lot of things. Yep. Uh, I've led worship. I have been on staff at churches. I've planted churches. But more exciting than all those, I've sold gutters in Costco. Yeah. 
you know, which I loved for the first couple of weeks. I think I like broke the records. I'm like, I'm in this. I'm going to do it. Yeah, that was interesting. And then I hated it. Well, yeah. <laughs> you were selling gutters in Costco. Not a terrible job if you like that kind of thing. But for me, I was like, yeah, yeah, I hated it. Plus, I had to look at the food court every day. And that really made me not <laughs> lose weight. Yeah. <laughs> made you not lose weight. Yeah. yeah. So good. I've driven for Uber yep. uh, in times where we needed help. Mm-hmm. Um, I've started businesses, some successful mm-hmm. and some not, mm-hmm. uh, started this nonprofit on accident. And mm-hmm. Anyway, quit jobs, started jobs. We've moved houses multiple times. Mm-hmm. We have made the decision to homeschool our kids, which was a really big mm-hmm. decision. We made the decision to have more kids, which was a big mm-hmm. decision. We thought we were done with two. And then we talked about what it would look like to have more. We have talked about moving cities away from friends. Yeah. Um, which is hard. And Mm -hmm. we've uh, made decisions to move churches, which is hard. Mm -hmm. So anyway, we've made a lot of decisions. I know a lot of families listening have also made a lot of decisions, but you know, we just, I say all that because I think we have had these moments several times in our marriage where we've had to sit down and have some hard conversations about things that affect Mm -hmm. our family over the years. And um, I guess it's probably like every other year, it feels like we're making some. Yeah, it does. And all that to say, we're in the process of making a big decision right now, which is why I just feel like this topic is timely for us to talk about. We are talking about, um, we don't have enough information to like make any big announcements or anything, but we're talking about moving potentially Mm -hmm. out of the state and potentially across the country from us. Mm -hmm. So I know I'm going to get a lot of emails and like, dude, come here, please come (laughs) here. I've already had a lot of you guys shoot me messages and campaign for your state. So I won't make any big announcements now, but we are looking about potentially going across the country. So that's what we're in right now. That is consuming our conversations. A lot of that has to do with Layla's job, which I sent an email out about recently. Layla's a nurse. And as many of you know, there's lots of decisions being made for people in healthcare and all Mm -hmm. kinds of others. And so I say that because there's many of you who are listening who are also having to make decisions about your job right now, whether that's being forced on you, you are, you're, somebody's telling you, Hey, you have to make this decision regarding your job, or you're just feeling stuck. Like your, your job isn't fulfilling anymore. And you're in a really tough spot. Like I want to do something that's fulfilling, but I also hate my job and it's really playing a mental toll on me. And so you're making big decisions about your job. Maybe you're deciding about homeschooling. I know a lot of families who are mm-hmm. thinking about, should we homeschool? Uh, I know families who are talking about, should we move? Adopting is kind of a big thing that I keep hearing Mm -hmm. about. Uh, Fostering, having more kids like we were talking about, where to move if you're going to move, what church to go to. Anyway, I imagine there's just many of you listening right now who you've got your own big decisions. Over the last two years, I think our whole, well, the whole world, but particularly our country has been so shaken up. And now, you know, we're, we're at the end of this two year COVID and all the things that came along with it and dust is settling and people are kind of reevaluating a lot of things. It seems like there's just been a lot of change for a lot of people. Yeah. Jobs, schooling, Mm -hmm. all kinds of stuff. Mm -hmm. Big stuff. Big stuff. Really big stuff. So here's my my goal today. And again, I will put this all dadtire.com forward slash worksheet. (laughs) Put that there so you can download this. I'll put everything I talk about in that so that you can at least kind of reference some of this. But here's the kind of, I guess, for lack of better words, the argument that I want to make from a biblical perspective, as you're listening to us have this conversation and kind of just share some stuff that we have processed through, I want you to really put yourself in 
these shoes and ask yourself, what camp do you land in? And so the first thing I would say is there's some of, I guess there, there's two really categories. There's two big categories when you're thinking through making decisions. And, and from a biblical perspective, there's two categories. You will either find yourself in category one, which is what I'll call a waiter, not like serving food, but like somebody who waits, a waiter, or you are a runner. And I'm going to unpack what I mean by that in just a minute. But as you're listening to this, just kind of think through, am I a waiter? Do I identify more as a waiter or do I identify more as a runner? Um, Some of you need to be running and instead you're waiting and others of you need to be waiting and instead you're running. And again, I want to unpack that a little bit. Here's what I mean by by that. As Layla and I are processing this and making decisions and, and really big stuff like uprooting deep roots from our family. Really big stuff. I'm sure we'll dive into that a little bit more. The, the verse that just keeps coming to mind is Isaiah 40, verse 20. It says, have you not known? Have you not heard? The Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth. He does not faint or grow weary. His, his understanding is unsearchable. How beautiful of a line is that? God's understanding is unsearchable. Sometimes mm-hmm. I think, I, I talk about this a lot when I teach at conferences, that sometimes I think we try to, we, we put God as a subject to be mastered. If I just study this a little bit harder, I'll have them all mm-hmm. figured out. I'll get my certificate that I passed the class mm-hmm. and I know who God is. And in some ways, God, I mean, I, I believe God wants to be known, which is why we have the Bible. And we do have a deeper understanding of who God is and his reputation, but also his understanding is unsearchable. I mean, mm-hmm. this is the mysterious God that we are talking about. Verse 29, he gives power to the faint and to him who has no might, he increases strength. Man, that's a good word. For some of you guys, you feel like you have nothing left in your tank. Verse 29 says, and to him who has no might, you've got nothing left. He increases strength. Even youths shall faint and be weary and young men shall fall exhausted. But they who wait for the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up on up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. I also thought about the verse, Psalm 24, Psalm 27, 14, that says, wait on the Lord, be strong and take heart, wait on the Lord. And so the first category that I would say, uh, when you're thinking through your decision making is, so just kind of put at the top of your brain, what is the decision moving how or moving into a house, quitting your job, finding a new job, adopting, whatever it is, put that at the top of your brain and then ask yourself, am I waiting on the Lord for direction here? How many of us are looking for clarity and direction in all kinds of places that are outside of God's wisdom? I had a mentor tell me once I was just really struggling with the decision and I felt totally lost. And he says, well, what do you think the Lord is telling you when you ask him for wisdom? And Mm -hmm. I think he knew Mm-hmm. that I wasn't asking mm-hmm. for wisdom. That's a really great way that most good leaders do that. They ask good questions that mm-hmm. make you think internally. And he said, he's and you know, I had to admit like, I haven't really been praying about this. And he said, Jared, the one person who knows your future is the person who you're not going to. Hmm. The one person who actually knows how this all plays out mm-hmm. is the one person you're not going to, you're, mm-hmm. you're going everywhere else. And so what would it look like for you to wait on the Lord? Some of you are ahead. You're like on step four, five, six, seven, eight in your decision-making process. And God actually wants you to be back at step one, Mm -hmm. which is a waiting season. 
and just, do I have clarity? Like, have I sat in silence? There's another verse that says, the Lord fight is fighting your battles. All you need to do is be still. I don't know where that's, Mm. you can Google it and find it, but all you need to do is be still. And so what would it look like for you in the process of you making your decisions to know that the Lord has already gone, he's already gone ahead of you before the foundations of the world. He knew, he knows where you're going to be. And so what does it look like for you to just wait, knowing he's fighting those battles and for you to be still? Mm-hmm. Some people that will be really frustrating to hear because mm-hmm. they're like, I'm, I've been waiting and I don't feel like the Lord, I don't have any clarity. I don't have any peace. Their soul feels really restless. Mm-hmm. And I guess my question would be, what are you doing in the waiting Um, There's a difference between just like not doing something and strategically waiting, meaning I'm seeking after the Lord with great, with like desperate for his wisdom. Do you remember the other day we felt stuck on something Mm -hmm. regarding moving and in the middle of like I was sitting on the counter, I just grabbed your hand and I just wanted to pray. Yeah. I didn't want to like pat myself on the back. (laughs) No, I was hoping you'd remember that. I I did. And it's important because when you were talking, I was just like envisioning how I feel when I have a big decision or things. And I'm, I tend to run on the anxious side of things. And I have a a list of a thousand things that I'm thinking through when I'm trying to make a decision. And I'm looking internally to myself, like, what do I know about the world? What do I know about this move? What do I, I ask myself a thousand questions and try and seek wisdom out of my own anxious, Mm. limited self. And then I imagine God's just sitting there looking at me like, you ding dong. I'm <laughs> not really, but you know, like I, I see myself all frazzled and then there's our father who's sitting wise and calm and all knowing and all loving and just watching me being yeah, so human. Yeah. You know, there's just such a huge part of me that is, it, it's really, really hard for me to wait. Here's the things I would say. If that, if you feel frustrated by that, first thought, like to wait on the Lord, it may be that you're anxious to run. I think a lot of guys feel kind of this senioritis. I know something isn't right, or I know this isn't where I'm always going to be. And so I've mentally checked out and I'm just running ahead and you don't really know where you're running ahead to, Mm -hmm. but you're mentally just, you're way down the road and you have yet to get clarity on what God wants you to be. And so here's what I would say like waiting might look like for you in this season. The first thing is um, really intentional prayer. I mean, when I was praying with you the other day, our prayer was, God, I don't know what to do and I need your wisdom. Mm-hmm. And that's something we've been praying a lot. Even yeah. we, Layla and I went to uh, some other states recently as we were just processing where could God be sending us. And we prayed before we left. We prayed while we were there and we were just praying God, we don't know. Like we desperately need you to show up. I've said this before. I've written in books, but to not pray is to silently declare that you have more control over your situation than Jesus does. When I don't pray, I'm saying, I, and that's kind of what you were just describing. Mm-hmm. I can figure this out. If I yeah. just hit it from another angle, I'll figure it out. But praying is this humble submission of saying, I, I actually have no idea mm-hmm. what to do. And Holy Spirit, I need your wisdom. The Bible says that your ways are higher than my ways, O Lord. Your thoughts are better than mine. You know, like, what does it look like for us to humbly submit ourselves and intentionally pray? Have you sought the Lord's wisdom? That would be the Mm -hmm. first thing I would say in waiting. The second thing I would say is, do you have a group 
of people around you who are helping you process this internal angst that you're feeling, whether it's quitting a job, adopting a, a child, whatever the thing is, do you have a small group of people who are helping you process that kind of decision? And I would say, Layla and I have a very tight circle. To make a decision in isolation would be foolish mm-hmm. and dangerous. For just me to make a decision or just Layla to make a decision or even just the two of us together without any outside counsel mm-hmm. would be dangerous and unwise. But to make a decision amongst a village or in a crowd is chaotic. <laughs> and so you right. actually want your group to be small. Like, Do you have three to five people? Mm-hmm. that can help you process that yeah, godly people who who would also be seeking you know they know you and they, mm-hmm. they love jesus mm-hmm. they want best yeah. for you and they love jesus that's who should be your wise counsel team and i would say like three to five is a sweet spot mm-hmm. for that too big is chaotic you start inviting everyone into that i post a poll on instagram you get a lot of opinions exactly. like personal opinions yeah, yeah. i don't want opinions Mm-mm. i want the wisdom of mm-hmm. god and the Holy Spirit to speak. And so I would I would keep that group really small. And so even right now as you're thinking, I have this in the worksheet, but just who's on your team? Mm-hmm. You know, when you think of your wise counsel team, who's on your team? List it out and just tell them, hey, we're processing this. You know us. You know me. You love the Lord. What are your thoughts? What mm-hmm. you know, can you be praying about this? And if see if the Lord speaks something to you. I had a friend, uh, one of the guys on our board, give a, an analogy one time where if you go to buy a used car or car at a car lot and take a friend with you who's completely objective, right? Because the salesperson yeah. would be like, oh, look at this, power windows. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so that's still a thing. There's probably no such thing as a non-powered window anymore. <laughs> you know, but yeah, whatever the thing is, the feature that they're trying to sell you and you just get sold on it because you're, you're, you've got starry eyes, but you have an objective friend that's like, eh, you should probably think through this. Mm-hmm. What are the payments? Right. <laughs> And so just having objective friends in the decision-making process that say, that sounds cool. Yeah. Sounds like it'd be a cool place to live or mm-hmm. cool thing to do, but have you thought about this? Mm-hmm. And that, that's going to be the wise counsel for you. Do you have any thoughts on that? Or No, I think that's exactly right. Yeah. I think too many people, like we said, is going to be a lot of opinions and then making decisions in isolation, like you said, is also probably not wise because God uses his people, uses the church, you know, as, I mean, we are tools essentially in his hands and so to allow those people in to to speak yeah it's important yeah keep it small find the right people keep it small but don't make the decision in isolation mm-hmm. that i've man we've seen a lot of people do that i've done it yeah i'm fiercely independent if you allow me i'll just quickly go make a decision and get ahead of myself instead of waiting on the Lord. The last thing I'd say on waiting as you're thinking about this is what can you do in preparation in the waiting season that is going to allow you, if God says, yes, I want you to move forward on X, Y, Z, you're prepared to move quickly or you're prepared to move into obedience quickly. So are there things that you could be doing right now that it could prepare you if God says, yes, I want you to do this, move here, adopt that, you know, foster a child, quit your job, move, whatever. If God says yes to that, are you prepared And part of the waiting season isn't just like laying down and being lazy, watching Netflix Mm -hmm. all day. It's I'm intentionally seeking the Lord's wisdom. I'm begging the Holy Spirit to give us wisdom that's beyond our own. I'm asking a small group of people to speak into our lives and give us objective perspective that we might not be seeing. And finally, I'm making preparations for when and if he does call us to go. 
one really practical one could be like, are you getting out of debt? <laughs> you know, mm. like just practically. Mm-hmm. And that probably applies to just about every one of those scenarios that I, I, I laid out, like being enslaved financially. Mm-hmm. We felt this really real and in deep ways with school loans and yeah. credit cards and mm-hmm. mortgage and car payments. You were just not as free to be nimble and mm-hmm. to move around. And I don't just mean geographically, but just like quickly adapt mm-hmm. to where God wants you to be. If you're enslaved to mm-hmm. the person that you owe money. Yeah. To. Financially we've had hard times and it's a frustration has been when we've like seen a need and we can't do anything about it. Yeah. You know, that's been hard for us wanting to be more financially, you know, just in a better spot so that we can be the type of people that are able to give more freely. And mm-hmm. Yeah. I would just think through financially, are we setting ourselves up? You don't need to be like debt free for God to use you, but you know, are you right. just, are you thinking through the, all the ways that you can financially get yourself set up? Are you spiritually? Maybe God's not purposely not calling you into the next thing because there's still some stuff that you got to deal with like personally in your own discipleship journey. And uh, maybe he, he's like, now nah, we got to like, I want to use you here or I want to move you here or whatever, but let's take care of that. Maybe it's personally, or maybe it's in your marriage. Mm-hmm. Maybe there's a parenting thing. Like, Again, that's all part of the waiting process. God revealing unto me like what's in my heart. Show me my ways and where I'm evil and where there's wickedness. That's part of the waiting process for God to reveal that to you. That, and that's all part of the preparation for this next season. I don't want people to think of waiting as just sitting on their hands and not doing anything. The waiting is actually proactive waiting. I'm being really intentional in the waiting season to prepare myself to move into whatever the next thing God has for me. Mm-hmm. All right. Does that make sense? Waiting? Yeah. Let me read this next part. The first category, waiters. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you might be running ahead of yourself when God might be calling you to wait. And so that might, maybe you relate to that. The second group I would say is this, runners. Luke nine fifty seven to 60 says this. As they were going along the road, someone said to Jesus, someone said to him, I will follow you wherever you go. So this person's excited. God, I'm in. Wherever you want me to go, I'm in. And Jesus said to him, foxes have holes and birds of the air have nests, but the son of man has nowhere to lay his head. To another, Jesus said, follow me. So one guy said, I'll follow you. And then Jesus said, well, first Jesus said, I'm essentially homeless. Like, are you sure? <laughs> he was making sure he was counting this the might cost. suck. Yeah. Yeah. yeah this is going to be hard. <laughs> are you sure? And then the second person, he said, follow me. But the man replied to Jesus, Lord, let me first go bury my father. And Jesus said to him, leave the dead to bury their own dead. But as for you, go and proclaim the kingdom of God. I feel like I'm missing a verse there when I printed that out because there was three interactions. Jared and I actually don't talk about what we're going to talk about before we record. (laughs) He just told me we're going to do a podcast. It's going to be about making decisions. And I actually wrote that. So then we go our separate ways for the day. We actually don't pre-discuss this to be honest but i actually wrote that verse down as well oh you did Mm -hmm. yeah and it i'll follow you wherever you go and he said foxes have dens and then he said to another man follow me and he replied let me go bury my father and jesus told him let the dead bury their own dead you go proclaim the gospel and still another said i will follow you lord but first let me go back and say goodbye to my family yeah And Jesus replied, no one who puts a hand to the plow and looks back is fit for the service in the kingdom of God, is fit for service in the kingdom of God. Yeah. So you have three different people there. One who's saying really anxiously, I'll follow you wherever you go. And and Jesus is trying to make sure he knows the cost. And he's saying foxes have holes, birds have air. Essentially, these animals have 
homes, but I don't. And then another guy said, or then Jesus turns to another and says, follow me. And the guy says, let me first go bury my father, which sounds intense. If you read that through an American perspective, you're like, what mm-hmm. the heck? The guy's dad just died and you're not even going to go let him go right. to the funeral. It's not that. There's two likely scenarios for that, just from a Bible study perspective. One is his dad likely was not dead. The tradition would have been, once my dad passes, let me care for my father. And then once he passes, I'll be ready to go. That's probably what the verse was implying when he says, let me bury my father. But even if his father did die, the burial process could have been weeks, if not months long. And so he was delaying. He was saying, I I got some stuff to do first before I can follow Mm -hmm. you. And Jesus says, then you're not ready. Mm -hmm. Your delaying is not ready. Um, And then to another, he said, Another said to him, I'll follow you, God, wherever you go. But first, let me go say farewell or bye to those at home. Jesus said, no one who puts his hand to the plow and looks back is fit for the kingdom of God. Essentially this, these people are waiting, they're waiters, and they need to be runners. Jesus is asking them for quick obedience. I'm telling you what I'm calling you to do right now. And you're instead saying, but first, Mm -hmm. but first, let me go take care of all this other stuff. And then. And the point I'm making for you as you're listening to this and you're thinking about your decision is God may have already given you clarity on what he wants you to do. And you have said, or in you're in a season of saying, but first. Yeah, I do that. (laughs) In what way? What do you think? Well, just this whole time I'm kind of, (laughs) but first let my anxiety go away. Like before Mm -hmm. we take a step first, you know, let me not feel anxious or even I could apply that to the weight on the Lord because, you know, if I were to say like, I'm waiting for God's peace, Mm. right? That could be like maybe an excuse to not act in faith. That's interesting. Mm -hmm. And I think I would probably say I could find myself doing that or even just painting it that way. Like, but first just let my anxiety go away or, but first, wait for me not to feel scared or mm. worried about this thing. I'm always worried. Or, but first, for me, a big one is also, but first, let me know what all the steps are before I, mm. I need to know the plans A through Z before I'll like step foot on plan A. Yeah. And I can see how we could twist it and be like, well, I feel worried about this thing. So I must not have peace from the Lord. Yeah. Is that true? Yeah, I do that. No, I mean, is it true that you can have peace Mm -hmm. and still feel scared? Yes, absolutely. Yeah, we've talked about that because in this, I'm holding both of like in our big decision to move, for example, I feel, I would say, you know, Jared, like he said, is kind of a runner. He's like, gets an idea, he's ready to make a decision and go and he's way ahead. And for me, I'm like, I will hold both of those like, it probably in all the big decisions we've made, I'm the more work, you know, I think of all the things that can go wrong. And so I hold, I've held both peace in one hand and worry in the other and have had to just trust that God being there or like God giving me peace doesn't mean that I will be fearless and just ready to plow forward with no doubts. Mm. Um, But I think that's where, I mean, that's what we call faith is just knowing God is there even in our fear. He's with us in the dark and in the valleys. He's always calling people to really scary things and Mm -hmm. he's expecting obedience. And then he says, fear not. 
because he knows you're terrified. Right. Yeah. So for me, I want to wait until my anxiety is gone. or I want to wait until I have all of the answers first, like all of them. But that likely won't ever happen. And so I think the bigger exercise in faith for me would be feeling the anxiety and stepping forward anyway. Mm. Can I ask you a personal question on the podcast? Probably. (laughs) Might have to be edited later. We'll see. I hadn't thought about this until right this moment and reading that verse. But it's interesting that he says he's talking about his dad. Yeah. And probably the hardest thing that we have been struggling with was you and your family and specifically your dad. Yeah. My dad's not well. And so, I mean, for everybody who doesn't, I don't know if anybody knows that, but I don't think anybody would know. Yeah. My dad and I have always been, we've always been really close. And so, I mean, I guess I could just say he, in his fifties, he's in his late sixties now in his fifties, he was diagnosed with, uh, a type of dementia early onset. So he's very young to have this dementia. And so it's kind of been a really long and slow loss for me. And uh, he's still living, but it's not the same. And so to move away is, you know, it's a big deal because every week it seems like that goes by. We just lose a little bit more of who he is. And so, you know, how do you reconcile like, the fleshy side of me, the human side of me would just say, I'm not going anywhere. I don't care if we're being called. I'm not going to go. So, yeah, I mean, I I will never just feel like, yep, it's going to feel good to leave and leave my dad. And that's never going to feel good. So just that takes faith to step forward anyway. Yeah, I think that, I mean, I wanted Layla to share that she was expecting to share that. I wasn't even expecting to bring that up, but I just, I know that as you guys are making these decisions, it's big stuff and it has big consequences. And to say that, you know, just pray about it and go and you'll feel peace. Like Layla and I don't, we understand the weight of these decisions that you're making for your family. We feel them. We can empathize with you like this stuff. We've cried tears over this these decisions it's it's bigger than just well what state do we want to move to man it's it's hard Mm -hmm. hard decisions and that's what i mean when i say that we have to wait on the lord and and just god give us your wisdom because we don't know what to do this is hard hard stuff and i'll just say as a husband trying to navigate that of of trying to lead our family to where we feel like, all right, God, are you calling us somewhere else? While also knowing my wife has a dad who's sick and she wants to be near him. We want to have our family near him. And so as a, as a husband trying to lead well, thinking through, you know, how much do I push this and how much do I not push this? And really, I mean, I I probably could have left this state 10 years ago, but I tried to not even really bring it up ever because it's really important for Layla to be with her dad. And so just when I'm talking about waiting, like it's been years of just, Lord, give us peace and clarity and timing. And um, this feels more like now is the time, but it doesn't make it any easier. Do you want to say something from your perspective on like, I don't know, for a husband, and it could be reversed, but you know, in our situation, and I'm sure there are other husbands who might be feeling like, I don't know how to tiptoe this line for a wife that I want to honor you and I want to honor your family 
but I also want to lead us well. And I feel like this might be somewhere God is calling us. Do you have any thoughts on that or anything you've seen me do well or not do well or fail at or something that's frustrated you in that? Yeah, I think, I mean, anytime in a relationship or in your marriage, when you have big decisions, like this is where the friction happens. This is where the fights come in and the division and resentment. And so if decisions aren't made together and carefully, then I like when you let that resentment, like if you just rip me away when it wasn't a good time or when like maybe the Lord wasn't calling us anywhere at the time and you just ripped me away there, there very well could have been some hard feelings at some point if something would have happened and I didn't want to go and now look. But when a decision is made together, it's just critical. And I would ask like if for whichever in the relationship is really like just anxious to make the decision right now, like is it something that needs to be done right this second? And sometimes it is. Sometimes there's a pressing matter that you have to make a decision. And and in those cases, you just, I mean, somebody has to pull the trigger, so to speak. Some The decision has to be made. But I I mean, just I'm poor prayer over it, I would, I would say. And for, you know, just the usual like verses that people talk about when, when there's anxiety, you know, be still and know that I'm God. And regardless of what your decision is, ultimately, if our end game in life is to honor God and to exalt him, that's what that verse actually says. If you read the next one, we always say like, be still and know that I am God. And the next sentence says, I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted Mm. in the earth. So if that's your heart, then know that that will happen. Like, God will be exalted and and his will will be done. And and sometimes I always, you know, I'm I I'm not a dramatic person, but I I am, you know, I worry. I just think of all the things and and the worst case scenario is like okay, we make a decision and we all die because of it, you know. <laughs> <laughs> and so like if if that's you know, if that's absolutely the worst thing that can happen, it's funny, you know, Paul said that even death can be considered great gain yeah. because we don't fear what can kill the body, you know. So even just the worst case scenario, you take me away, we get killed by <laughs> a, tornado. Know, a tornado or a hurricane a or a <laughs> shark or an alligator. I don't know. if you know, some... You're giving away where we're going. No, I didn't. I said tornado, hurricane, shark. Alligator. Fine. A boulder rose, rolls down a mountain. <laughs> I don't know. That's okay too. Yeah. I mean, worst case scenario is we die. <laughs> you guys, I'm I'm watching my wife turn a new leaf right now. I mean, I just never expected that those words to come out of your mouth. Wow. Worst case scenario, we're dead. That's it. It's fine. <laughs> no, I think that's a great perspective. That at the end of the day, and this is something you and I have been praying about a lot. God, we want most your glory. Yeah, and we, also. Sorry, in Philippians, I wanted to say this one too, because this one, I'll just read it. It says, for it is God who works in you to will and to act in order to fulfill his good purpose. Mm. So you really just can't goof him up, Mm. God, that is. You know, we do things prayerfully and you have to put a lot of thought into these things, especially if you have kids and, you know, all of it, like Jared said, there's a lot of consequences to some of these big decisions, but at the end of the day, you know, if you're seeking the Lord and your ultimate heart is to exalt him, 
and you know you're not gonna derail his plans yeah i think that i think that's such a good word babe and i i think that you know at the end of the day we can get stuck on decisions should i eat at this restaurant or this restaurant should i work at this place or this place should i you know i remember hearing high school kids just losing sleep so anxious should i go to this school or that school i think at the end of the day as these decisions are big and they have consequences but I think God is most concerned about our hearts, mm-hmm. our discipleship journey of becoming more like him, our righteousness and his glory. And, you know, can God disciple me in Oregon? And can he also disciple me in Wyoming? Yeah. We're, we're not moving to Wyoming. I purposely <laughs> use that one. Can he disciple me in Nebraska? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm using all the states that we would obviously never move oh my to. Gosh. <laughs> Love you, Wyoming and Nebraska. <laughs> God will disciple you wherever you go. He can disciple you at that job and this job and that state and that state. And, um, and ultimately can God get glory wherever? Yes. And he Mm -hmm. will. Mm -hmm. And so, um, you pray and you seek wisdom and I would say, and I'll end here. You look for clarity and unity, Mm -hmm. unity, like make a decision together and don't move until you make a decision together until you feel united in your decision. And that's going to be hard. And again, that's not necessarily peace or that's not necessarily no more fear. Like God wiped away all the fear and all the hard stuff. Mm -hmm. I would say Layla and I have made a decision. We're going to move. And this is really, really hard. And there's a lot of us. You looked at me like we didn't make that decision to do. (laughs) No, I did. I was thinking of other times in our marriage that we've made decisions where you, because I'm content to just sit like a rock. I'll never change ever yeah. my career. If it were up to me, yeah. you know, I would never change anything. And you've come to me on more than one occasion having said something and immediately I just freeze up like, <laughs> nope. And, you know, over time and with prayer and stuff, I have not relented like, okay, fine. But I've moved forward even even when I've been insecure in my decision so again, it's that holding the worry and anxiety at the same time that I'm moving forward in peace, just yeah. trusting, you know, trusting your leadership and trusting that God's guiding and things. And it's, it's not easy, but I would say like, if we had really, cause I imagine some marriages, there are decisions where two people are just completely butting heads, like absolutely yeah. not. And absolutely yes. And in those situations, and, and we don't know, you know, Jared and I aren't master planners of your lives. So, you know, take it with a grain of salt, but I would just caution both sides before making like such strong statements to like really take time and, um, pray about it and not, you know, ask who, I don't know if it's like a, yeah, I would say, go back to what we were talking about before. Are you committed to praying for God's wisdom? Yeah. I'm not holding your hand saying, Lord, give her the clarity that she needs right. to follow Change my decision, mind, please. <laughs> you know? yeah. but Lord together, we, we need your wisdom mm-hmm. here. And then that small wise counsel team, you know, who's around yeah. you. That's going to help you guys process that mm-hmm. objectively outside of your own little bubble. Cause it's going to be impossible mm-hmm. to do that by yourselves. Yeah. Oh, I was just, just going to say like, going. Yeah, no. <laughs> well, the prayer, the super, just, I'm not a long winded prayer. The prayer that I just keep repeating just all the time throughout the day is like, God, would you just give me, would you give me wisdom to know how to move, what to do here? And would you give me the courage to do it? Mm. Those are the two things that I personally need the most is just the wisdom 
to know and the courage to act. Yeah. I like that. You said you're not a long winded prayer and, um, cause a lot of people are intimidated by prayer. I would say all of our prayers are about 30 seconds, you know, that we pray together. So people feel so yeah. intimidated. Like, uh, do we don't have these long prayer times or whatever? Like mm-hmm. we just, we pray while the kids are screaming sometimes, literally. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ella just was, a quick pause. Yeah. yeah just re- recenter yourself. Yeah. It doesn't take, you don't have to spend 20 minutes in prayer. Ask yourself as we wrap up here, ask yourself, do you need to be in a waiting season, proactively seeking the Lord, preparing yourself and your family for what God has next for you? Slow down from running ahead of what God has for you. Or is God giving you clarity? You already know like, I should probably actually do this. And you're still saying, but first, and then just fill in what is your, but first, but first we just need to do this. But first I need to feel a little more peace, but first I need to pay off debt. But first I need to, whatever the thing is. And at that point, it would be disobedience if you know God is calling you to do something, but you're still saying, but first. And for some of you, it's disobedience that you're running ahead and God actually hasn't given you clarity or peace on where he's calling you. And so just ask yourself, like, where am I? And then for you and your wife or you and your husband, if you're a wife listening, that you would pray together and say, God, would you put us in the same spot? Like bring us unity so that we would know, like Layla said, we'd have wisdom on what you're calling us to do. And God, that you would give us the courage to actually be obedient to what you're calling us to. I pray that that's helpful for you and that that uh, it, Jesus gives you a ton of both of those things. Layla, thank you for hanging out. Today. Can we even end this episode without saying Philippians 4, that verse that everybody repeats, be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Pray that that's helpful for you guys. We love you. We'll see you next time.